0: Wrestling Podcast. The only podcast in the world. Which isn't true. I had a lovely message on Twitter this week. You can find me on Twitter at Simon Miller316 of someone saying to me, Simon, at the new in the new intro to your podcast, you say that Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast is the only pro wrestling podcast there is. And I don't think that's true. And you're right, it's not true. It was a joke. I was being facetious because really the last thing anybody needs is another pro wrestling podcast. There's loads. I'm amazed I even managed to, you know, make a dent in any of that. But we do, and I appreciate it massively. Uh, A lot has happened in the week of wrestling this week. We're going to get into it somewhat excitingly. A few emails went out to a few professional wrestlers this week, and a few professional wrestlers got back in touch. So hopefully we'll be having some interviews on the podcast soon, which I know would be be nice. Because the last thing you need is to hear me waffle on for... Close to an hour, which is what we're going to do today, in case you're wondering. But let's get a few of the nonsense stuff out of the way first. If you want to support the podcast, you can at www.patreon.com forward slash miller 316 In but two days as of recording this, I will have internet again proper and not have to drive around and do things and soon I will have moved properly and then uh, we can actually start doing the other podcast as well. So you get Simon's video game podcast, that's all good to go. You can hopefully look out for that next week, I'd imagine. And then, if we can get to a certain milestone, we'll start doing the Ask Us Anything podcast where me and a guest we will set up an email account. You email it in, you can ask us anything. Literally, relationship advice, medical advice, whatever you want, if we get there. But have a look. Check it out if you fancy supporting the show. It does cost a little bit, as you know, from all podcasts because they all tell you that. It is true. But if you don't, don't worry about it. It's all good either way. However, if you are already a patron, please do go there now uh, if you're a $5 plus Patreon, the official, exclusive, wonderful Simon Miller's Power Pals <laughs> Facebook group is now open to you. And that's where the q and is going to be, because I realized that it's so much easier just to get a bunch of questions and do it on a live stream. And then it's just there and it's uploaded and ready for you to watch it at your earliest convenience. So please go. It's a closed group, but just click the button and I will uh, I will let you in and we can take it from there. So please do do that. I think that's everything. You can go to the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash The Miller Report Rules. Give that a little sub. Uh, And stuff sub, we're going to get kicking on that again soon. We're going to do a start series called The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. We're going to go through all the Wrestlemania, start with WrestleMania 32 and working backwards. And we're going to give the good bits of good. We're going to give the bad bits of bad. And The Ugly is going to be some crazy rant about something on the show that I thought was nuts. So look out for that too. I think that's all the pimping we need to do. I probably missed something. I have, and I've remembered already. If you're listening to this on iTunes or have access to iTunes, please do go review and rate the podcast. Five stars would be wonderful because the more people do, that do that, we go higher up the rankings, the more people see us, and then we can grow We can grow into this nice little beast of a podcast. just realized now about three minutes of pimping this. Imagine you've never listened to this podcast before. Three minutes of pimping. That is atrocious. I apologize for that. But please do rate the podcast. Uh, last week's episode did really well. And I was like, oh, wow, this is cool. Let's see if we can crack into the top 10 on sports and recreation. Because then we're hanging out with like Chris Jericho, Jim Ross and Steve Austin. Everybody wants to do that. They're like legends of the pro wrestling industry. And we can pretend that we belong in such company. I am going to start this week. We are going to get into Raw Smackdown and all that jazz. Uh, maybe a bit of TNA. Maybe not. But yeah, I may talk about the commentary team and TNA because that's a weird situation. But as you may have noticed from the the title, I actually want to start a bit differently this week, and I want to talk about The Rock. Dwayne Johnson, whose latest movie, which is called Furious Fast, it's the Fast and Furious 8, but it's not called that. It's called The Fate of the Furious. That's what it's called, but it's Fast and Furious 8, has just become the biggest or the most successful film opening in terms of monies ever. And I mean that ever, so I mean Star Wars titanic jurassic park whatever the fate of the furious starring the one and only the rock dwayne johnson is now officially the biggest grossing opening weekend movie ever or something so basically in the few days it was out it grossed more money than any other film ever now small fact to you a large part of this uh, or a large uh, uh portion of this money came from china of all places i think it did about over 100 million there i don't know how that works out in terms of how other chinese films do if that's good or bad or indifferent but it's incredible nonetheless and obviously domestically it did well and overseas it must have done well it's made over 450 million i think already so it will crack that billion mark which is the uh you know that's what any 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 good film does these days is it cracks the billion mark but it's just madness and it got me thinking because it all depends how you view professional wrestling obviously and in terms of in-ring no, The Rock is not the greatest performer of all time. In terms of a personality, is The Rock one of the greatest wrestlers of all time? Potentially. I think you could argue that. I think, you know, there was a time when I know a lot of people tuned in to professional wrestling and Raw and SmackDown to see what The Rock was going to say. That was the draw. The draw was, what is The Rock going to say this week that's going to make us laugh, make us cry? You know, whatever. And that, 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 is, that is saying something. In particularly as well, he was doing this when wrestling was at one of its hottest periods ever. And that's how, and you know, that's the a, a huge reason why he's got to where he is, because he had the platform and he, he shone. He shone on that platform and he managed to take the charisma and personality he had to turn himself into what is essentially the biggest movie star in the world. I mean, <laughs> that is the truth of it, which is just mad when you think about it. And there was a time when, you know, he slimmed down and he thought he could try and be, I wouldn't say a proper Hollywood actor, that's not fair, but a Hollywood actor in the more stereotypical sense. And now he's just, he's just massive. Everyone knows who he is. I think he's got the most followed Instagram account in the world. Anyway, I don't get sidetracked too much. The point being, I know he's not a professional wrestler anymore, but in terms of a professional wrestling career, you know, if we look at Stone Cold Steve Austin, for example, we know he was incredibly successful in WWE and post-WWE, he's been very successful with stuff like podcasts and reality TV and his own kind of mini-movie career that went in a different direction. But nobody, not even Hulk Hogan, when you take a step, or not even Stone Cold Steve Austin, when you take a step back and look at the trajectory of success, has been more successful than The Rock. So when you start talking about the best professional wrestler ever, obviously, there's a a huge asterisk next to this. Because the last 15 years, if not longer, no, about 15 years, 10 years maybe, The Rock has predominantly been an actor, but he's always to some degree, aside from that few years where he let people get in his head and tell him he shouldn't associate with pro wrestling, he still has that association. Like, we obviously know him as a pro wrestler first, but the acting world and a lot of his fans know that's what he did. They remember the eyebrow, they remember Smell What The Rock Is Cooking. That's why he uses the rock name. You know, I'm sure he licenses it off the WWE or he has a deal with them. He wouldn't do that if he didn't think there was... A monetary or you know, some form of successful reason to do it. That's why he does it. If he thought he'd be fine with just Dwayne Johnson, he'd just be Dwayne Johnson, but he understands his brand. And a large portion of that brand is the pro wrestling fan base. So I was just thinking about it. I was like, it all depends what your parameters are. But could you start arguing that The Rock, maybe not the greatest pro wrestler of all time, but is the most successful pro wrestler of all time? It all depends how you determine success. Like if you're looking at match quality. You get into people like Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart and Ric Flair. But the average guy on the street today especially probably doesn't know who Shawn Michaels is. And they know who The Rock is. And again, you're going to be sat out there going, yeah, but he's an actor. He's not a wrestler anymore. But he used the professional wrestling platform to do that. Without professional wrestling, there's every argument that he would never have become the the monster that he is today. He may have done. You just don't know. Maybe he always had the, the charisma and the charm and the sheer work ethic to make that happen, but we just don't know. And so the more I thought about it, I was like, wow, try, you can't compare the... I mean, you could compare The Rock to, to Hulk Hogan in terms of someone that had tremendous success in the pro wrestling industry and then tried to segue into Hollywood. But, you know, I mean, The Rock made bad movies too, but predominantly all of Hulk Hogan's movies were terrible. I mean, Rocky 2 is good. Or was it Rocky 3? Rocky 3, sorry. Rocky 3 is good. No holds barred. Was he in Old Holes, I think he was. I don't know. But I mean, Suburban Commando, Mr. Nanny, these aren't, you know, Mr. Nanny as well was a box office disaster. That that, that flopped hard. And that's one of the reasons he kept coming back to wrestling is because he couldn't get, you know, he couldn't get on Hollywood's good side. And in many ways, The Rock probably would have come back to wrestling if he didn't achieve what he did achieve. So when you look at that, he's completely in in a league of his own. Now, John Cena is kind of following that trend. But realistically, and I imagine this is why John Cena has apologized recently, saying, oh, I didn't really understand what, you know, The Rock was doing. I don't think he would have been able to, uh, you know, walk this path if it wasn't for The Rock. The Rock made this possible for everybody, which is madness, considering that, you know, at one point he put the hurricane over. I don't think he actually even did put the hurricane over. Or did he? You'll tell me. You know what you're talking about. So, yeah, it's just something that popped in my head when I thought, wow, the guy... That you know, I saw come out of Survivor Series '96, waving his weird haircut and tassels, is now this, you know, this this incredible worldwide success that everybody knows and everybody loves, and everybody talks about. And you know, he has he's got Baywatch coming out in a couple of months, which I bet you know we just blow, you know, do do well. And it's just like, geez, gee, it's it's just. It's just yeah, I mean, I'm just stumbling over my words now, but if you, if you were a fan of the Attitude Era and you really take a step back and think what The Rock has achieved and the, the sheer number of people that know who he is, I just think that it's, it's staggering. Like, it genuinely, genuinely, it staggers me. And you could probably argue as well. I love arguing I'm doing here, but you could probably say that no one will ever repeat it to this level. <laughs> I mean, who else right now? And I like a lot of people in the WWE right now. Like, I really, really, really do. But who right now, in the WWE, do you think has the uh, has the potential to become The Rock? Now, you can argue, I mean, back in the day, I'm sure none of us actually thought that uh, <laughs> The Rock would go on to achieve this. I mean, we knew he had charisma, but I don't think anybody thought, oh, yeah, you know, this guy is going to, is going to become the number one. So maybe, you know, maybe there is somebody right now in WWE that I'm not giving due... Uh, due credit to who could do the same but i don't think it's the case i think the rock is you know minimum once in a lifetime and that's i don't know i just i just find it astounding and like i said i think it will resonate more with people uh who who remember him from you know when he was just some when he was nothing before he joined the nation before he went heel when he was just a run-of-the-mill baby face and you were like i don't really care about this guy didn't even really hate him. It wasn't love or hate. It was like, uh, whatever. You know, pfft. who cares? And now everybody cares. Everybody. I can only imagine the, uh, the payday that The Rock commands when he goes back to WWE. Uh, he's so rich. He doesn't have to command any payday. It doesn't mean he doesn't need it. doesn't need the cash. So there you go. There's a debate. Here's another pimp I forgot to do the Facebook group. Such so for Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'll add you in there as well. Uh, and let me know. Let me know what you think. Is The Rock eligible to be in that discussion for the greatest wrestler of all time? Not just for what he did in the ring, but for what he's done post the ring, which in turn, you could argue, helps promote professional wrestling? Or is that a bunch of nonsense and gibberish? That is the, that is the question. I mean, my favorite wrestler of all time is probably Bret Hart slash Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'd never been able to choose because... As, like, a, a, a super kid, Bret Hart was my guy. Before Austin kind of, you know, made his splash, Bret Hart was, you know, he was your all-American hero, I mean, though he was Canadian, which is ridiculous, but, you know, he was the guy I looked up to, like, you know, I just believed him, and I know that was a big thing for Bret, he wanted to be believed, and I think that he was. I don't know what it was, what was it, I guess the pink and black probably worked, because it was different and as a kid, that just, that just stands out to you, as opposed to just, you know, random dude coming out in generic pants, <laughs> or whatever. And then you had, yeah, and you had Brett who just, I don't know. I don't know what it was to this day. I guess that's the whole point. You don't know what it is. But there's it, it, something that grabs you. And obviously his matches were always well constructed. Um, and then obviously Stone Cold Steve Austin, it, it was literally, I mean, I was, let me make sure, I was like 14 to basically 18 years old, 20 years old when, uh, yeah, 14 to 20 basically, when Austin, you know, got really big. And you know he was the anti-authority guy. He was he was the guy fighting you know rebelling. I'm rebelling against the system. And when you're an angsty teenager, you're like, yeah, you rebel against that system. And I think that's that's just yeah, that's what I wanted. I don't know why I'm stumbling over my words. I do know because I'm looking at my notes when I'm reading this. I shouldn't be doing that behind the fourth wall of the podcast. And yes, we are going to talk about Jinder Mahal later. But yeah, you know, so that's why I gravitated towards him because he didn't care and he was the anti-authority guy. You know, that's the kind of thing when you're, like I say, 16 years old, which is just the best because you wanted to stand up to your parents and be like, you know, no, son. And your dad would, would whoop your ass and you quickly realize that you know, that's not how the real world works. And then The Rock was, you know, The Rock was right behind them. Today, I, 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 I've, I've lost, I've fallen out of love with The Rock because he's become such a PR machine, which is fine. I mean, I, we all, we're all our own PR machines, really, without wanting to get too hooky. But it's true, like even Twitter. Simon316. There you go. See, that's a pimp. I'm pring myself. I am my own public relations guy. But he's come so far that way that when I watch his videos now, his YouTube channel, or his Instagram stuff, it just feels so removed from reality. I can't buy in the way I used to buy in. But that... Uh, how on earth can I ever cast shade on The Rock? He, he's, he's the most successful guy. Anyway, there's a tangent there. And a lot of pauses as I, as I looked at my notes to make sure where we were going. If I've missed anything this week, I'll apologize. But I think... Aside from the Superstar shakeup last week, not a lot happened. We should probably mention that um, WWE, former WWE Superstar Rosie passed away this week. Probably should have mentioned that earlier, actually. Because it's always sad. It's always sad when... It's, I think it was 49 years old. I don't think the cause of death has been released now. He's the older brother of uh, Roman Reigns, in case you're interested. The Anna Way family, family. But, I mean, I had loads of good memories of Rosie. I was a big fan of Three Minute Warning. Maybe one of the few... But I, I, re- I was always, I thought the idea was great. I mean, not when they broke up Hot Lesbian Action, which I think is how they debuted. I think Hot Lesbian Action is, is one of my lowest moments, maybe lower than Katie Vick, because it was so embarrassing and just so bad and so transparent. It was just awful. just made me sad. But the idea of, you know, did somebody say three minutes and they come out and whoop somebody's ass, it was good, it was different. And I love that tag team. And then all the superhero in training, which, yes, stood for shit, was fine. I mean, him and The Hurricane were very entertaining together. I think that's the main thing. Like, it wasn't supposed to be taken seriously. It was supposed to be stupid and throwaway, but it was fun and it was entertaining. And look, the fact that I don't think he's been in the WWE for—I mean, a minimum of ten, if not longer, years—and I still remember him. I still remember, like I say, three-minute warning. I remember his tag team uh, with his brother Umaga, who was Joe, Joe, Zit, Rosie and Jamal. Rosie and Jamal, you know. I, and obviously, he's passed away too, which is horrible. But yeah, you know, the fact that they made a mark on my adolescence wrestling life, I think, speaks volumes. You know, I'm sure there are some guys that were there at the same time of him. I mean, maybe it's different if they passed away, I would remember them. But they don't come, you know, straight to my head now. And he was always somebody I I remembered. So that it, well, it just sucks. Anyone dying before the age of 50 or, or any any age really is is horrible. So, I mean, it means nothing coming to me. I'm just some idiot in his room, you know, recording a wrestling podcast. But obviously, best wishes... To all of Rosie's family and all of that jazz, you know, wrestlers die way too young. It's not, it's it's just, it's just, it's a hard life. I guess it's all, you, who would train to be a wrestler, hey? <laughs> on the subject of that, the wrestling journey videos are coming back, if you're ever interested in those. They're going to go on my channel now for reasons we won't get into. So again, youtube.com forward slash C, forward slash the Miller Report rules, give it a bit. I've still got to get the internet and studios almost there, but yeah, we'll, we'll start putting them up on there again. They'll just be vlogs. I don't think you'll get a lot of footage. Uh, Just because of my setup right now. But, you know, I keep you updated once a week of what's going on. Right. Raw is war from Monday night. I mean, it was the Braun Strowman show. And I have no problem with that. Braun Strowman right now is the most over-face in the company. As much as WWE would like him to be a heel. What a world we live in. Roman Reigns is now the heel. And Braun Strowman, the big bad monster dude, is the face. (laughs) But if you're going to book a guy like that. If you didn't see him, he just ran rampant again through Raw. Beat up the golden truth. Threw Callisto in the bin. I don't mean that ha-ha. I mean, he literally threw him in the bin. So that's the end of Callisto now. No matter matter what feud he's in, all the opponent has to say is, "But you got thrown in the bin. And Callisto's got to be like, yep, they did. You're right. I'll go now. And leave. He got thrown in the bin. But, you know, I don't think we do much. Why is he not on 205 Live? Or maybe he is and he missed it. I didn't watch it this week. But just put him on 205 Live, for goodness sake. Like, what is the hold up here? Anyway, that aside... Braun Strowman ran rampant, you know, he came out, got cheered, and then Kurt Angle came out, and they had a very, very weird, stilted, forced uh, <laughs> forced conversation with each other, which is one of the most scripted things I've heard in ages, but it was fine, and he was just great, and it ended with the big show kind of standing up to him, and then obviously we had the big match at the end where Braun Strowman superplexed the big show, the ring exploded, which I said on my What Culture Ups and Downs video, which you can also watch. Now, my point was this, I love it when the ring explodes, I think they've done it three times, big show... Lesnar, Big Show Henry, Big Show Strowman. And they've done it three times over 14 years or something like that. So it's not like they've overdone it and it's still such a spectacle. It's fun to watch. But, but, and maybe these discussions did happen, but it would have just been nice. And I realize I'm picking at straws here and you're probably rolling your eyes and that's fine. I love the spot. That's not what I'm saying. But they could have done even a tiny tweak. I mean, maybe it's something to do with the safety of it. And I, maybe I'm talking in unfair and unrealistic terms here but uh, maybe big show body slams uh, maybe braun Strowman body slams the big show or does just a different move that would have helped i mean braun Strowman still looks like a monster again we really are pulling at straws but it would have made the ending the same but the setup a bit different i just thought that would have been a bit original a bit creative that was it it was just a throwaway comment it certainly wasn't meant to carry any more weight than that but it was awesome and right now I assume Braun Strowman beats Roman Reigns at payback. That's what the big beating was for because then the commentators can tell us Roman Reigns only lost because of his injuries. But alas, I mean, the long-term plan is Brock Lesnar will beat Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns will beat him as well. So we can set up that match for WrestleMania 34. And my only problem with that is is that that is not listening to the audience. And I know this is an argument we've had for years, but I get it. Your plan is Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. I've got no problem with that. I don't hate Roman Reigns and I love Brock Lesnar. So if you want to do it again... Just make sure the build is good and make sure the match pays off. And that's fine. That's all I ask for. I mean, you know, originality and variety is nice. But if that's your plan, just set it up right and I'll be a happy man. But if Braun Strowman... Again, let's not forget, Braun Strowman was used terribly at WrestleMania 33. And you could say it really hurt him. But now they've built him back up again. So for the second time, they've got him to a stage where he feels like the biggest deal in the company. Or at least he does to me. Him and AJ Styles. Nakamura's right up there too. But... If he is just being used as a tool for Roman Reigns, that's ridiculous. Because we all know the problem with the Roman Reigns experiment. Whereas Braun Strowman, got, I mean, he's limited, obviously. Oh, I just threw that on the floor. He's limited, obviously. But, and this is a big but, that's the whole point of hiding his weaknesses and pushing his strengths. And right now, he has all the momentum in the world. And he's got all the momentum in the world. Why... Why on earth would you would you fight that or just still see him as a setup guy? I get it; he's like a seven foot, you know, seven foot tall dude. But look at Undertaker. Look at Kane. Now, th- that's unfair comparisons because in the history of big men, they're probably two of the of the ones that have had the most longevity. However, why can't Braun Strowman be this generation's version of that? Maybe there is a way to extend this character's life longer than it should have. Maybe it needs tweaks here and there and. You know, maybe we need to add, we add certain things so it doesn't get boring. But there's nothing to say that he can't be the successor to all of that and be the next big guy. Because most big guys come in, they're sort of strong for a year, year and a half, maybe two years, and then they run out of steam just because their whole thing was, I'm a big dude. And they can't destroy everyone forever. Well, you can really, but you know what I mean. So why can't we look at him like that? But instead, he's being used as a tool. And I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think that's a good idea. But this was definitely his show. He looked great, beat the crap out of everybody, just a badass and the best thing is a badass that doesn't care he knows that he's kicking people's ass and he's like yeah that's what, I, that's what I do that's what Mark Henry used to say and that is what Braun Strowman does I'm a real big fan of him and I think we all agree that you know when he debuted with the Wyatts uh, last year whenever it was no one would have foreseen this so you know we're all, we're all quick to, to jump down WWE's necks when they do something we don't like so let's just make sure in this instance we give them the credit they deserve because aside from a few hiccups Braun Strowman just feels... Honestly, I remember when people were talking about Braun Strowman versus Brock Lesnar, like I say, 12 months or so ago, and I was like, oh, I don't want to see that. Now, I'm well up for seeing Strowman versus Lesnar. Let those two horses kick the shit out of each other. Hell, man, give Braun Strowman the Universal title. I've got no problem with that. I mean, don't, because you've got a longer-term plan that you want to go with. Fine. But genuinely, I have no problem in with, with the idea of Braun Strowman being the WWE Universal Champion. Or SmackDown champ. That's fine. You can even give him a lesser belt for now. Let him be IC champ for a while. Build him up. And once he's done with Roman Reigns, move him into the upper mid-card stuff. Take the belt off Ambrose. Kapow. I'm alright with that. I tell you, go to the hill with Braun Strowman. That's all I'm going to say. We mentioned Dean Ambrose. He's gone into a program with The Miz. Now, the problem I have with this is, the whole idea of the Superstar Shake-Up was to shake things up. And instead, we moved two guys from SmackDown to Raw, and now they're having a feud. So it doesn't feel fresh. It doesn't feel original. It feels like a SmackDown feud on Raw. Pointless. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get what you could have put them with anybody. And we've seen them feud before. As Dean Ambrose said himself, he took the belt off The Miz. And now, I don't get it. That, that to me, was very strange. Uh, I actually like this segment, though. I thought Miz TV was real. I didn't like the f- When they, it came up on the screen, like, oh, Miz TV, I was like, oh, jeez, really? But I thought The Miz was great. I thought Maurice was great. I thought Dean Ambrose was really good. Apparently, there was some... Uh, realness in the in the statement from The Miz when he called Dean Ambrose lazy and complacent. According to The Melts on Wrestling Observer, my favourite thing to listen to, even more than myself is... that was weird know I said that is um, that apparently they the only book people to say things like that if they're actually trying to get a message across. So I don't know what Dean Ambrose does backstage, but to me, I thought in this promo, Dean Ambrose came across as real, legit, I believed everything he was saying you know, he, he sounded passionate Just, you know, great all-round, to be completely honest. You know, he felt like he cared about the Intercontinental title as well, which is a real bee in in my bonnet I've had for a long time. I just don't think people care about the Intercontinental title. And it annoys me. Because going back to what we were talking about earlier, I remember, like I say, the Austins and Rocks fighting over the Intercontinental champions if it meant something. And again, I I said this on Twitter, and I know somebody said to me, yeah, but the Austin just gave up the Intercontinental championship. And I do remember that. Here's the thing, though. It didn't feel... It didn't feel like he didn't care about it at the time. It just felt like he cared about the world title more. Now I may go back today and watch and go, "No, that's not true at all." He did just shit all over the IC title. But to me, as I recall it, just I just felt like Austin thought he believed he had the belief in himself that he could go all the way, and so the IC title wasn't beneath him anymore. It was. I don't. I don't know. It didn't come across to me. Like he was shitting on the title is what I'm is what I'm trying to get across. But you know, whatever Dean Ambrose versus The Miz, they'll have a right match. I mean, The Miz will lose. <laughs> That's the real problem. Uh, sorry, Dean Ambrose will lose, and The Miz will uh, will take this eventually, which sucks because I I don't know. Well, maybe it depends where Dean Ambrose goes after that. I guess depending on what program he plugs into. I it just feels old. I think that's the real problem for me. It just feels like a smackdown feud that that we've redone. The other feud that I didn't get into on Raw, which I was surprised about, was Seth Rollins versus Samoa Joe. Now they're two guys. I'm I wouldn't say I'm a massive fan of Seth Rollins, but I I like him. You know, I I I I, I think he's good at what he does. I'm just not overly enamoured with him, but I do think he's very talented. Whereas Samoa Joe, I'm I think he's great. Like he just to me, he 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 uh he brings he brings something that's other people don't have and that's what you want you know when he comes out i'm like he does yeah he doesn't feel like anybody else in the roster therefore i'm already interested i'm already enamored i'm already excited about what he's going to do but i just didn't like i mean the match with chris jericho and joe was weird in the sense that jericho just lost i got no problem with that because it makes joe look strong however it completely negates the chris jericho versus kevin owens match because i'm like oh he just lost and he lost at wrestlemania i mean kevin owens just wiped the floor with him i mean all the respect in the world for chris jericho for being so happy to do these jobs like genuinely i think that is a testament to a man that w- definitely has the stroke to say i'm not jumping to that guy of jericho but the fact he does he, he, like i say i'm I really I, r- I really respect it but especially this whole weird thing with um you know if 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 jericho wins he goes to SmackDown. it just it just screams that he's not gonna win and i think and then he lost this match I mean, I I think Jericho's got to that point now where it is time that he goes away. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. He's been great on this run, but I just think we've got to that stage now where we can, yeah. It, he's 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 had his uh, he's had his. I won't say his momentum's run out. That's really unfair. But he can go away now, and that's okay. That 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 that's, that's you know that's what I'm saying. I'm stumbling over words like a crazy man. Stop reading your notes and trying to talk, Simon. But yeah, if he goes away now, I think it will be before he jumps the shark. And then when he comes back, you'll fool. He'll feel good again. But yeah, couldn't get into the Samara Joe-Seth Rollins match or feud. Just, it felt forced, which is strange to me. But we'll see. We've got a couple of weeks, and I bet the match is really good. Uh, Then we had the women's match. Alexa Bliss's new number one contender. It was Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax versus Sasha Banks versus Mickie James. It was fine. I mean, it didn't really pick up until the end. It's a bit sloppy. I don't like saying things are a bit sloppy because I know how hard it is to to be a pro wrestler. Well, that sounds like I'm the be-all and end-all of it, but... You know, it's it's really hard. <laughs> it's, it's a short point, so I don't like taking the, the mick out of matches, but it wasn't the best match in the world. <sighs> I don't know. The women's division feels... Oh, actually, on SmackDown, which we'll get to in a... Actually, we'll get to it now. Screw it. SmackDown women's division feels great. Like, everything... Charlotte feels like just the biggest superstar ever of that division. Like, she feels so amazing. It's, you know, the, the words don't... You know, she has turned up on SmackDown instantly. I'm like, oh, man, yeah, this is a big deal because of the way she holds herself and the way that she's portrayed... And Naomi comes across like, you know, the stereotypical, in a good way, babyface. So that's a great feud. I like the fact that the rest of the SmackDown roster were pissed off that Charlotte just walked on and got a title shot. Everybody feels like they mean something on that show, you know, from even Natalia, who I don't like at all, feels like she was annoyed. What do you mean you're giving her a title shot? What about me? Whereas everyone on women on Raw's Raw just feels thrown, thrown into some just jumbled up mess, like I imagine they're still going to turn Sasha Banks heel soon so we can have Bailey versus Sasha at SummerSlam, and that's fine. I don't know what you do to Nia Jax until now. I don't want to see another Sasha Banks-Nia Nia Jax feud. Maybe put Mickey James in there too. I don't know. But, you know, I see direction on SmackDown, and I'm excited about what they're doing. Whereas on Raw, it just feels a little bit lost, would be my point. But we'll see. I don't like to uh, to presume anything. But so far... maybe you know what maybe it's true maybe overall the superstar shake-up has been of the favor of Smackdown we'll get to that Jinder Mahal Jinder Jinder Mahal the Hardy Boys I wanted to quickly touch on them we're going to do like a massive juxtaposition now we're going to talk about the Hardy Boys who to me come across like you know legendary superstars then we're going to talk about Bray Wyatt who feels like just an afterthought at this uh, stage. But yeah, I mean, the Harley boys didn't do much. It was Jeff versus Cesaro. Match was average at best, but still didn't matter. Um, just the Harley boys. The Harley boys to me right now, I don't know. There's two people I'm excited to see. And when I do see them, I feel like I'm watching main event stars. And it's probably what they've done over the last year that's made me feel that way because I really do feel like I bought into them. And that's great. I mean, I, I, I think them coming back has been utterly ideal and just I think it works out well for everyone and I imagine given that you know we still keep getting these teasers of the broken characters that we get there eventually how we get there and when I don't know but when that does happen I think those two will have even uh, will have an even greater longevity I think that's so important right now Um, so we'll yeah just great I mean again I don't but they're they're just awesome and they make that tag division feel like a proper main event superstar tag team division which is something, that, again, that SmackDown needs to work on. Although I was pleased. The Shining Stars went across to SmackDown. They're no longer the Shining Stars. They're just Primo and Epico Cologne. So they're using their last name, which is important. And they kicked the crap out of American Alpha. Now, that's no good for American Alpha. Because right now, they feel completely lost in the shuffle. I mean, you imagine... Remember how much momentum they had at WrestleMania 32's NXT show? And now they're just... Oh, man, they're nothing. But looking at the positives... I actually do like Primo Epico. I think they're really good in the ring. There's just something about them. I like, I like the Shining Stars game it was dumb. But now they're on Talking Smack as well. where well, they've completely shared that. They're talking serious. They're talking about the tag title. Shane McMahon was putting them over. And that hopefully will help that tag division immensely. I mean, there's still so many problems with it. Usos aren't on TV. Tag Team Champions weren't on TV. Or if they were, they're on for such a brief period. I don't remember it, which is not good. Heath Slater and Rhino are gone. The Ascension, I can't even remember which brand they're supposed to be on. So that sums that up. That division, and that's just why the, you know, the New Day need to get in there and they need to start kicking some serious ass. They really need to make that division feel important because the SmackDown tag division, it's weird. The Raw's women division now feels the weaker of the two compared to SmackDown. It's reversed the tag team divisions. I'm quite excited about the Raw tag team division, but the SmackDown one is just fading into nothing. But they do have the teams to sort it out. But yeah, anyway, massive rant. Love the Hardys. Really excited about where they're going with all of this. Confident that we're going to get some of the broken stuff eventually. Don't know for sure. More ex- more more hope than expectation. And then yeah, Bray Wyatt. He can't, he on both Raw and SmackDown. He did more of his. I'm coming to get you, Randy. And I'm I'm smokes around me, and I and I'm scary. And it's just nonsense at this point. It would be scary if he backed himself up, but he never does. He never ever ever wins. And I just got to the point now where I don't know what the plan is supposed to be with Bray Wyatt. What, again, the, the big thing is, oh, but he's this uh, generation's Undertaker. No, he's not. The Undertaker never lost. The reason the mystique and the Undertaker was kept alive for so long is because he never lost. That's why in 96, when Mankind beat him, all of a sudden Mankind, everyone opened their eyes and went, shit, who's this guy? Because he beat the Undertaker. I think he beat him clean as well. I know there was the time when Paul Bearer smacked the Undertaker with the arm. but I swear there was at least one clean victory. Or if not, it was still done in a way that made people turn their heads and go, shit, what's this? Bray White, I can't remember the last time Bray White won a match. The Elimination Chamber. So he won a multi-person match, which never counts. Never the same as one-on-one. In mean, the last few WrestleManias, and I'm probably missing one, you have to forgive me, but 33, loses his championship to Randy Orton. 32, not even on the card. Has an awful segment with The Rock and broke... Um, Eric Rowan takes a rock bottom. And then what 31's the Undertaker, right? Lost. Who did he fight at WrestleMania 30? We're looking it up right now, breaking all podcasting rules. But the fact that I can't remember, and I'm already confident he lost, <laughs> is, is is maybe wasn't even there. I'm sure he was there. Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania thirty fought. Can't Wikipedia. No, no, you're screwing me over. Was it John Cena? Was that the was WrestleMania 30, John Cena one? Yep. John Cena defeated Bray Wyatt. The question is then, was he at WrestleMania 29? <laughs> the Google game. But we've got to know, this is this is stupid. The guy everyone tells me is, oh, he's the future, he's the future. We've got almost at five years of WrestleMania here, and he, he's, he's not won. He wasn't at WrestleMania 29. Or if he was, I'm not seeing it, and you're all out there now going, he's there, Miller, you idiot. I don't think he was there. No, he's not there. So, right. So, we've got four year, uh, three years of WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Four years. 30, 31, 32, 33. Loss, loss, lost, lost. And now, <laughs> people say he's this uh, generation's Undertaker. I mean, the proof is right there. What did Undertaker do in his first 21 WrestleManias? He won. Well, he, no, 21. His first 20 WrestleManias, he won. And the reason he won is because he had a presence and he had a character that people didn't want to to job out. Because they knew he was special. I don't get it. And all these scary, spooky promos, how can you get scared about them if they never back... I mean, what, are you going to stick a crucifix or a crucifix into the ground? Okay, fine. You do you, man. I don't get it. I don't understand why he's not... And apparently, his move to Raw was last minute as well. Apparently, it's guaranteed you're not moving to Raw. And it has completely screwed up his feud with um, Randy Orton. who, who Let's say, even I mean he could win. He could win the title and he could take it to Raw given that Brock Lesnar's going to be away for a while. But it's not going to happen. It's just not. Randy Orton is going to win that match. So essentially Bray Wyatt has just been treated like an afterthought. He's already teasing a program with Finn Balor and he hasn't even had his championship House of Horrors match yet. Which I'm now worried is going to be some weird backstage production. But still it's it's just bad. It's really really bad and it's not fair for a guy who reinvented himself and came up with a character that had all the potential in the world. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. I've already had people yell at me so it's fine. I don't like his entrance. I don't like it. It doesn't work for his character. I know it's fun and it's atmospheric and people like it. But for his character and what they need to do with him, it doesn't work. Just my opinion. You probably think I'm crazy. Probably am. Uh, yeah, right. It's time. You ready? You sat down. Put all glasses on the floor, on the side, so you don't drop them. Jinder Mahal, the new number one contender for the WWE SmackDown title. A lot of people aren't happy about this. I go on the internet, I go on social media, I see what people are saying. However, I'm going to go the other way, shockingly, and I like it. I like it. For many reasons. The first of which, that Jinder Mahal is not going to win the WWE title. Now, I've got no problem with Jinder Mahal winning the WWE title. It doesn't bother me. If they want Jinder Mahal to be WWE champion at this stage, the titles have been so watered down, I don't think it's a massive problem. I really don't. And, you know, I look at it from Jinder Mahal's perspective. I'm sure he's worked hard, given up a lot, sacrificed. If he wants to get... You know, if someone said to me, Miller, we're going to give you a run with the WWE title, I wouldn't care about the haters, but I just want that run. So I wouldn't shit on that fact. However, if we're going to start shifting people around, as we've already discussed, why on earth are we just going to keep treating them like jobbers, as opposed to taking a step back and thinking, okay, we're going into a quiet period now. And April to May to June-ish is always kind of quiet. What can we do long term that is going to kind of strengthen up the mid-card? And this is the best way to do it. Now, again, Jinder Mahal won't win. But once his program with Orton is done, he will feel, hopefully, as long as it goes right, like a bigger deal. So whichever feud he goes into next will strengthen the mid-card. And that's much better than putting, say, Baron Corbin into this match, who we know they're going to push hard. You know, they're going to treat with a certain amount of respect for a long time. Who's ever, who in many ways, already seen as a top guy. He may not be there yet, but it's so obvious that's what they want to do. Jinder Mahal was nothing before this. It was just some dude that was in a band. Whereas now, obviously it depends how it goes, but there's every chance he can come out of this feeling stronger, feeling better, and being more of a value to himself and being of more value to the company. That means we can buy him to him more as well and actually give a shit about the feuds he's in. And that should be the whole point. That's why I like the fact they're pushing Mojo Rawley as well. I'm not the biggest Mojo fan. Sometimes I think he's crazy. But he won the armbar. He was in that number one contender match. Who took the pin in that match? I can't remember. It was Eric Rowan, right? No. Dolph Ziggler yeah I don't know but it wasn't I don't think it was Mojo Rawley I'm gonna say it wasn't as I push him too, push push everybody to, to a certain degree I understand it has to be balanced there but if you can make that work I just need to care about these people so even if they're not in the main event I know they've got credibility and I don't just think they're gonna they're gonna lose I mean look at Kurt Hawkins for the last two weeks on Raw he's been punched out by Big Show and then Finn Balor came out and beat him in 36 seconds and that's fine it does well for Finn Balor. It makes him feel like a badass. But Kurt Hawkins is just going to fade into dust. And you start thinking to yourself, why even bother? Why did you even move him if you're just going to job him out that way? There are ways and means to, to use a jobber so they didn't feel too flushed down the toilet. And obviously this, this is a toilet flushing. But I'd much rather they did it. And it's the same with the Shining Stars. Before this, they were nothing. They were just a stupid job attack team that nobody cared about. Whereas now... After one good showing on SmackDown and a good talking Smack segment, I'm like, okay, I can buy into them now because they're acting serious, they're talking serious and other people in the company are telling me I should take them seriously. So like, you know, that's, I'm stumbling again. But that's just, that's what you should do. Why on earth keep people as as nobodies? Then when they come out, the fans are going to be like, well, it's nobody. I'm going to go to the toilet now. I'm going to buy some popcorn. I'm not going to pay attention. I'm going to tweet do a little tweet, probably at the superstar, saying, at Jinder Mahal, you're a massive jobber. Don't do that. He's not anymore. He's no more contender. But that's why I like these things, and I know that WWE are trying to expand in India, so that makes perfect sense as well. That's probably why they've got the Bollywood boys, you know, they're going to be in his corner. They're basically going to make an Indian faction, and yeah, we can poke fun and take Mick out of that, because the only idea WWE could come up with was, oh, well, we'll just just have him be anti-American. But, If you are trying to expand in India and you've got a dude like Jinder Mahal, who's not the worst person, he's not the worst worker in the world. Like, I know what he did to Finn Balor was bad, but everybody makes mistakes. i got no problem with it. I hope they do it right. I hope he comes out the other side stronger. And I hope before all is said and done, Jinder Mahal feels like a big deal. All about that. All about people getting at least a chance. If he screws it up, then yeah, he's not ready for that position. But if he doesn't, give him a run with the US title. Take it off the face of America, <laughs> Kevin Owens. I love it. Two anti-American gimmicks on the same show. Well, he's Canadian. He's Indian. Screw it. They can just hate America. Yeah, that'll do. Pub? Pub. I do. It's a shame. I thought that Kevin Owens' open challenge was going to be more of a named person. It was a bit of a shame when it was just some dude. But I guess it makes him look strong. And AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens is going to be great. I enjoyed AJ Styles versus Baron Corbin. No problem with them pushing Baron Corbin hard. He's got a lot of work to do, but I think he's got the potential. AJ Styles still the greatest professional wrestler in the world today some people say Carter, who is amazing obviously but AJ AJ Styles to me is just he's not Lex Luger but he is the total package he's just, he's just he's just great he's just yeah what else can you say about it? You, don't, you don't mean you don't need me to tell you that so I'm looking up something on the internet while I did which is bad I am right I'm gonna talk about it in a minute um, yeah, he, he, we all know that AJ Styles is just amazing right now, his promos are great, his in-ring, in-ring work is great, feels like a top guy, he's gone there and he's utterly busted ass in WWE and he's done it, it's just, what, what a success story, that was kind of Smackdown through and through, I, we had the Charlotte and Naomi stuff as well which we've touched upon, I think Charlotte feels like a superstar at the moment, so high on Charlotte um, and I think that's pretty much the show and it was fine, Talking Smack was fine still think they could do more with Luke Harper doesn't look like that's ever going to happen at this stage has lost a lot of weight though Good for you, Luke Harper. Getting trim for the summer. As for Eric Rowan and his weird wine titantron, or, you know, forest titantron, I don't know. I don't know what you're going to do about that. But we'll see. I mean, we're going into programs with Stars versus Owens. Jinder versus Orton's different. Can't argue that. So we'll see how that works out. And then I imagine we'll probably get the Usos versus the Shining Stars, which is weird. Or oh, sorry, Primo and Epico. Unless Primo and Epico are meant to be faces. I don't think they are. They even said they don't like doing charity work on talk and Smack. But that is a heel versus heel tag team. Hmm. Don't know what happens with that. And what do you do with American Alpha now? I mean, at this stage, aside from the fact they're on TV, they're pretty much at the same level as the Vaude villains before Simon Gotch released. Or The Ascension. Really? Let's talk about TNA quickly. I want to talk about this commentator feud. If you haven't been watching TNA, Josh Matthews and Jeremy Borash have been feuding, which is fine in theory, But in execution, it means your commentary is just two people bickering for a two-hour show. It's quite tough to watch. They had the blow-off at the pay-per-view the other day where Josh Matthews lost, which means he's supposed to be removed from commentary and apparently he's just back on commentary now. Now, one of my big pet peeves with pro wrestling is I, I realize it's fake. I'm well aware that it's not real. However, please at least try to present it to me as real. Please let me buy into stipulations and then not feel insulted that I went along with them because eventually it's Boy Who Cried Wolf. I'm going to be like, what? Okay, well, screw you. I'm not, I'm not even bothering with you anymore. It's like after, everything after WrestleMania 32. Shane lost. It uh, doesn't matter. You can still be in charge. It's like, okay, great, because I like Shane McMahon, but why did I even buy into this in the first place? You've made me feel like a right dick. And it was the same hit. If Jerry Borash is not the lead commentator on TNA, oh, sorry, Impact, and those two are still bickering. Why did I buy into that match? I'm doing because DNA. But why did I even suspend my disbelief for even one iota of a second? I shouldn't have bothered. I shouldn't have bothered. I should be like, what's the point? And every and, and you know, I just I don't like it when pro wrestling does. I get it, it's not real, and you should be able to do whatever you want in this fairy tale land. But I want to be able to buy into what I'm watching and know that me buying in is going to be respected, for lack of a better term. Rather than, well, we've had new plans and therefore we're going to forget that you invested two months of your life into this and we're just going to keep going with it. What? (laughs) So ridiculous. So that's all we're going to touch on at TNA. The thing I was looking up a minute ago when I started to stumble over my words is I wanted to see what the latest with Shibata is. If you haven't watched it, there was a New Japan show the other day when Okada and Shibata had a five-star match as per Dave Meltzer. And I mean... It's difficult to watch. Essentially, Shibata gave somebody a real headbutt, And the noise you hear, it sounds like, well, imagine what two heads sounds like smashing together. And what apparently, well, what was worked originally as a worked injury soon turned into the fact that not only is it a very serious injury, you know, there's so much damage, and I presume swelling on the brain and, and stuff like that, he may never wrestle again. Which is tough to even comprehend, let alone be in that position to begin with. I don't know the latest. I think the last report was is that the idea from the doctors is that he's never going to wrestle again. Or at least is suffering from a career-ending injury, potentially. And I just think it's one of those things where you really have to take a step back and say to yourself, Do we need this in pro wrestling? I mean, did, did, does, would anyone have missed a real headbutt? I mean, I know there are some guys out there who actually are into that stuff, and that's fine. But I don't need to see anything real in pro wrestling. I think when you do that, you're forgetting that there's an art to it. I don't want to come across like a a hipster wanker or anything like that. But if you're going to start headbutting each other, no one needs to end their career on a shoot headbutt, I think is my point. I think we can eliminate them all together and we're all going to be happy, happy chaps and lasses. And if you're not among that ilk, fair enough. I think you're a bit crazy why you'd want to see people headbutt each other for real and potentially end their careers, then you never get to see him again, but you've got to see a headbutt. Just type in headbutt into YouTube. You can see a bunch of idiotic 14-year-olds doing it to each other. But I thought that was worth touching upon because Shabat's a big deal in New Japan. Like he's a... I mean, this is probably a terrible comparison, but in my head, it would be the equivalent of like Chris Jericho ending his career. I would say he's not even higher maybe. I don't know. That's kind of my poor comparison. My Japanese knowledge isn't the best. I'm kind of, I'm a casual viewer watch it sort of once every two weeks, make sure I keep up with the storylines, I know that card is amazing, and is amazing, but anyway, I think that is all the wrestling stuff, one thing I did want to mention is, if you do join the Facebook group, like again, just search for Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast in Facebook, it's closed group, but add um, add yourself to it, and I'll accept you every time that I can, if you have any questions for the podcast, that's the place to ask, uh, obviously, please do follow me on Twitter at Simon316, but the Facebook group, just leave it in there, and then every now and then when we get to this kind of 50-minute period of the podcast, I can open up the um, the, the page, which I'm going to do right now, in case anybody has asked anything on a whim, which I doubt they have. But I can just open the page, and I can just you know scroll through it, and we'll see what questions are there. I'll try and uh, read them before, before we do the podcast, but even if I don't, I can I can, I can can go through it. I can just answer some questions, I know a lot of people have you know Q&A's and, and, and certain questions they, they want to ask I mean here we go one question right here who's your favorite wrestler and who is in your opinion the greatest of all time we answered the favorite wrestler question that was Michael Burns we answered the, re- uh, the uh, favorite wrestler question at the start of the podcast the greatest of all time I mean that's still Stone Cold Steve Austin to me on a personal level but I think when I take a step back and look at it professionally and watch their matches and remember what they did for the business uh, and all of that I'd probably give it to Ric Flair I think Ric Flair had it all. You know, he was the best talker, best worker, carried a company, drew money. Uh, he did everything. He was the quintessential pro wrestler for me. And I understand a lot, you know, if you're sort of 10, 15 years younger than me, you won't get that, which is, of course you wouldn't. That's like when people say to me, I get it now, but when people said to me, oh, Bruno Sammartino was the man, I was like, what? But then you, you, kind of, you kind of understand it more the more you delve into it. But Ric Flair would be, rick flair would be my guy so yeah just search for simon miller's pro wrestling podcast on facebook sign yourself up just drop a question in there we'll answer it as i say patreon.com forward slash simon miller 316 uh that's where you can support the podcast like i say any money that goes in there is done is used to fuel this podcast fuel the new podcasts and fuel the video content which will be kicking off once i have my internet connection up because it's hard enough trying to try upload this without a proper internet connection even harder a video which is, which is a lot bigger But yeah, have a look there. Any rewards and stuff, let me know. Sneaky little plug at the end that we've got some merchandise coming, some proper ridiculous merchandise. So if you've ever wanted a T-shirt with my name on it, done in an interesting way. Not being too arrogant here, you'll see. That's coming soon too, and I'm going to offer them out to patrons before I offer them out publicly, because why not? And like I say, there's also Simon Miller's Power Pals group, Well, we will do the Q&A. And you can ask me wrestling questions there if you want, but that's just to be, you want to ask about me, Uh, my alter ego Miller which we won't get into here or anything we'll do those once a month and they will kick off probably do that as soon as I can because it's long overdue which I apologize for but I would like to thank everybody that donates to the patron each and every month if you are due to be on the podcast either this or the video game one you let me know which one I will be dropping you a line next week when we can do it and I can actually take Skype calls and like I say the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to have my own questions and I'm going to ask you them so, favorite wrestler, favorite match, how you got into wrestling, all that kind of stuff. And we'll just pop it in the podcast. You can you can be on it, because why wouldn't you want to be on this? The only wrestling podcast there is. There's no other ones. Not true. Not true. Again, go to iTunes, give us five stars, give us a review, give us a rating. Let's see if we can break into the top ten this week. Hard. Doesn't matter if we don't. It's hard. But either way, I support. I really, really, really do appreciate all the support. Everybody that listens everybody that downloads it, everyone that even just donates a dollar to my Patreon. I find it incredible that you even took the time to go to that page and drop me a dollar. Honestly, I mean that from the bottom of my heart as well. It's not just some, oh, I'm going to be nice. You know, it's a dollar. You work hard for that damn dollar. And the fact you think that my nonsense is, is worth, you know, supporting blows my mind. And it's the reason I do stuff like this. Like I say, if I know the support is out there and I know people want this stuff, I can keep doing it. And obviously, it takes a bit of the financial stresses and, uh, and um, or whatever the word would be, away, which you know, which is no bad thing. Let's not pretend that doesn't help because it does. But yes, I will be back next week. I should have an interview next week. I've, I've had a good email from someone saying, yep, he'll do it. So it's relevant as well. And it's topical. You can kind of work out who that is. Although it won't be that topical relevant next week. But it doesn't matter. I still think we can have an interesting conversation. I've done all my plugs. Thank you once again. Like I said, we're going to drop every Wednesday. We're three weeks on a trot now. Can we keep this going? We go up at funny times. That's not the point. We're going up on a Wednesday. Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast.